Well, I'm, I'm really pleased to introduce Brian Rourke. Um, Brian is, uh, actually didn't start out, I don't think had any idea he was going to be a missionary. Uh, I think he has a degree in business, right? Is that communications? So uh, went on a, a short-term mission trip, kind of fell in love with people, kind of God grabbed his heart, and that was, I'll let him tell the rest of the story. But just being obedient to God, he's uh, down serving in, in Honduras, and has just uh, it's been really cool to hear some of his stories, uh, kind of watch his ministry grow. Uh, helping helping people uh, learn a basic life skill so they can have a job, but but doing it in a Christ-centered environment. And so, Brian, um, looking forward to hear, hearing from you. Good morning. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Um, my family's here with me. I want to introduce them to you as well. This is my wife, Rina, our daughter, Angeline, and our new baby, five months old, Nathanael. So, um, do you have your Bibles? Everybody have Bibles? We're going to read in Genesis chapter 12 and, and probably in Matthew 14. But uh, like Barry said, I guess I should introduce myself and, and share a little bit about uh, Honduras. We were here last year in Mission Church. And uh, got an opportunity to share with a smaller group. There's a lot more people this morning, for sure. <laughs> um, 58 people going on a missions team to, to Mexico is amazing. That's awesome. Like Barry said, I started, I guess I kind of got to Honduras, actually, through a missions team that San Diego First Church uh, did to Honduras. That was where I grew up, was in San Diego First Church. Um, and they did mission teams to Honduras for about 10 years. And my mom was actually the first one to go on a missions team. And she said, Honduras is amazing. You'll love it. And, and I thought I could be a world traveler. And I said, well, if, if you get me the funds, I'll go. And I didn't even know where Honduras was. Anybody know where Honduras is? It's below Mexico. <laughs> Not South America, Central America. Um, but she invited me down and I went. And I just thought it would be a two-week thing. And then it was another two-week thing, and then it was another two-week thing, and then uh, my best friend Joel and I, we started kind of our own side mission project, which was to make a documentary about people who lived in the city dump, and uh, we made our own trips down. We'd, we'd piggyback them on the missions team trip, so we'd go and serve two weeks in the capital, and then we would go uh, drive on our own or take a bus and get up to the north coast, and we'd make the documentary. And uh, with the intention that we thought we were just going to raise awareness, make a great video, and uh, people would see it and want to help these people, we thought right away people will be throwing thousands of dollars at us and we'll send them down to the church and they'll build a school and they'll help you know, all these poor people and we'll become famous and move to Hollywood and make more documentaries and help in Africa. And, and that never really quite happened that way. We did finish the documentary. Um, but in the process, uh, I moved down to Honduras, which I never expected to do. I never saw it in my future plans. Um, but thankfully, I, I got a call and, uh, and I did that. So probably what I'll share a little bit today is about God's call and uh, how that came about in my life. But um, I do have a slideshow. Don't play it yet. But uh, just to show you some photographs about uh, what we do now. So I'm going to go back to the beginning. But before I go to the beginning, let me tell you where we are currently. So 
Uh, we live in Puerto Cortez, which is right on the north coast of Honduras. Um, we're about half an hour, 40 minutes from the Guatemalan border. We're the last main, main town or main city before you cross the border. Um, poverty is high. Gang involvement is high. Drugs are high because we're the main port. Um, and we have a technical school which is not located in the center. We're actually located in a, in a small area outside of the center in a, in a new neighborhood that they, they built for poor people. Um, we got that plot of land because the people that we made the documentary about, they were moved there. And so we moved with them. Um, we have a ministry called Ministerio La Voz, which is the voice ministry. And we take it from John the Baptist being the voice that calls out in the wilderness, preparing the way for the Lord. Uh, and we invite students from all ages, from 14 years old to 90 years old, if they can make it. Uh, they can come to our school and they can learn some new skills. So we teach English. Uh, I teach English. And then there's a mechanics class. There's a computer class, sewing and welding. And those are trades that we feel are still viable in the community. And people sign up. But our main goal, the real reason that we're there is because we love Christ. And... Uh, we pray every time that when we put our announcement on the radio or if our students are talking with their friends, that uh, the people that God wants to talk to and the people that God's seeking out, that they would be the ones to sign up for our classes um, and that they would have a chance to listen to the word and have God speak to them. Because we get so busy in our lives and we do all sorts of things. And, and if you're not really involved in a church or you don't have family that took you there, you might not have that space. And a lot of our students don't go to church, and, and many of them have not heard the gospel before, um, which is incredible because there's a church on every corner just like here, um, but they just might never have set their foot in. But they come thinking that an English class might help them. They come thinking computers will serve them. Um, and then before they know it, they're sitting there and God's speaking to them through their Bible, through the Bible studies that we give. So we've had... Uh, some great results. We've, the ministry has been working for five years. We're going to start six now. Um, so I just want to show you some. Now you can put it on. I'll show you some photos. And I think there's some testimonies that you can hear too So uh, from the students. ...about MLV is a good one. Since I started coming to this place, I have good news. Before I enrolled in classes, I did not read the Bible, not like Brian reads in the Bible studies. He reads it and makes it so easy to understand. It was in some of these studies that God touched my heart. This is what I remember. I used to go to church, but never took it seriously. I only visited, sometimes going, sometimes not. But I wasn't happy. Nothing changed in my heart. But during this time, Brian gave a Bible study that he called, The Kingdom of God is for the Brave. I do not remember the date, but it touched my heart. I asked God if he would talk to me, if he wanted me to ask him to live in my heart. And he did. I was so happy. I then was baptized. Now I am God's and only his. This has a word for us in Bible study. I really like the message that Brian gave us about a king who threw a party, and the only ones who could enter the party were the ones that had the right clothes. The ones who did not have the right clothes were taken out of the party. Brian told us that Jesus is the clothes we need for the kingdom of heaven. This made me think and meditate to realize that I need to seek the Lord Jesus more. I need to be clothed with his clothes to be in his kingdom of heaven. Gloria Lopez, 36 years old. 
MLB is a great place to learn. It was difficult to find a school that taught auto mechanics. MLB offers the course and has taught me an incredible amount about the subject. Ever since I was a boy, it was my dream to be a mechanic, and I have done it here. Yanko Rivera, 17 years old. My English class in MLB has helped me in my high school in Agua Caliente where I study, because the teachers there usually make us go up to the board and dictate in English and wants us to write in Spanish. Everything I have learned in MLV helps me a ton, because my English grade in school is really high. I still do not understand everything well, and it is difficult to pronounce, but I hope to learn well one day. Just have patience with us, because we are learning, and it is hard to learn so many verbs in all the parts of the body. That is all I ask. You are the best English teacher I've ever met. The Bible studies have taught me a lot, like how to behave better with my family and ask for forgiveness from those who I've hurt with my words. I have learned to respect my parents and other adults more. When I first came to NLV, I think I was a very rebellious teen. I mean, I never listened to my grandparents or my father. I disrespected them. I yelled at them and was angry with them all the time. When, I tried, when they tried to talk to me, I just ignored them. But thanks to the Bible study you gave us, Brian, I have changed a lot of things. Because when you read the Bible, it helps us become a different team. I try to be more respectful and patient. Right now, I have a good relationship with my family because I ask them to forgive me. I talk to them now, and I'm so much happier. Thank you. Ashley Ramon, 15 years old. I thank God for MLB because it has opened the doors for us to improve and to enrich ourselves intellectually, giving us the opportunity for more options. When I was a little girl, I loved English, but because of economic difficulties, I never even thought to study it. Here in MLB, I study with a great teacher, and even though I am now 50 years old, I am learning. English student Maria Margarita Tavora, 50 years old. So happy to be a student in Ministerio Lavos. Thank God that you came and started this project because it is a huge help to those of us who can no longer study in other institutions because of age. Never stop teaching the Bible because there aren't many places that dedicate to God, and that was the first thing Naomi and I liked about MLV. I am so happy we have a new classroom, a better classroom. I want to thank all of the Americans that came to work here so that we could have something better. We are so grateful and thankful. You have huge hearts, and we pray that God bless you. Students, Carla Alvarez, 40 years old. So any questions? <laughs> That's about what we do, and I hope you were able to see uh, a little bit of the classrooms and the, and the students. Um, like we said, we have students from all ages, and uh, it's a neat place to be. So you're all invited. If anyone wants to do a missions team and come down, we'll accept Mission Church any day. Our house is your house, or nuestra casa es tu casa. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to worship together and be together in family, God. Holy Spirit, we just invite you 
to speak to our hearts, to be with us today as we talk about your word, maybe share some testimonies. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for their declaration that they're a mission church. And I used to think it was because of Mission Valley, but I see it's so much more than that. It's because they're mission-oriented and they understand that you have a calling on our lives, uh, that you are a good God and that you are holy. Father, I just thank you for the people, the lives that you are calling out, uh, the people that you are moving. Thank you for this team going to Mexico, God. And I thank you for uh, the doors that will be open while they're there, the people that you've already prepared uh, to speak to, including them, themselves. And uh, God, we just pray that we would be sensitive to you, sensitive to your spirit today. Thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was thinking, I knew I was supposed to share, and I thought uh, I would talk about God's calling, and then it was kind of funny because I think that's been mentioned three or four times this morning. Um, And I wanted to go to Genesis. Genesis 12 is one of the first callings, and it's one that impacted me uh, much earlier on in my life, right before I moved to Honduras. Hopefully, most of you know the story. It's about a man named Abram. Uh, who answered God's call. He answered an invitation that God had for him, and he moved from where he used to live to a place where he really actually didn't know. Um, I hope you can see the correlation. It kind of touches with what happened to me, and it meant a lot to me. It's actually what I read before I moved to Honduras uh, over and over again. So I just want to read chapter 12, verse 1, maybe through 4, really quick. It says... Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. And then it says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Aran. So, I don't know how many people consider that they have a calling from the Lord, but I think God has a calling for all of us. Um, sometimes it just takes a while to recognize it. And as I'm reading this, the, the word that really stands out to me, and maybe it's because uh, God's allowed me to learn a little bit of English and try to teach it to Hondurans, but in the first verse it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, and had said is, is past perfect. So it's not right at this moment that God is talking to him. It's not like he responded immediately. Um, there was probably a process. There was probably a period of time where God was talking to him. And, and I know when I was growing up, I always heard missionaries come in through the church, or I heard pastors or my youth pastor and other people saying, God called me to do this. God told me to do this. And I said, how, when? What did it sound like? You know, what was his voice? Were you, were you, you know, I don't know, were you up on a Mount Soledad at the cross and then boom, and the booming voice? And I could never understand how is it that God calls them? How is it that they know? And reading this, I want to just share a little bit about how it was in my life. Because one thing that I've learned is, is it's really difficult for me and maybe for others to say that God has called me or God has told me to do something until I've already done it. At the time, when, when, it, when it's in my head, when it's in my heart, when, when I feel like he's pushing me towards something, I can't really say, uh, God called me to this, because it just feels weird, and I'm not sure. 
I'm nervous. I'm a little anxious. I'm a little, uh, you know, wondering, is this really the right choice? Is this really God uh, moving in my life? But the only way that I can ever really find out is if I say yes. If I step out and I try it. And then in the trying is when I've been able to say, you know, I really think that was God. I really think that that was something because look what happened. And I think it's really hard to, to say if God's calling us or if he's doing something until we actually answer the call and go. And it was, I think maybe it was the same with Abram. You know, he, God had called him. And maybe, maybe it should say God had called him many times. And it just took that long for him to finally respond to get comfortable. I think that God is a gracious God when he calls us and when he talks to us because he allows us that process and he allows us that grace. Uh, for me, I think it was probably several years that God was calling me and step by step I was moving closer to it and, and I was moving closer without even realizing. Like I said at the beginning, I had gone to Honduras a few times. I had done the missions trip thing, but I had other plans. I had other dreams. Um, but now looking back, I know that God was working with me patiently because on the last few trips when we were there, I started asking questions. I remember to the guy that was helping us, I was saying, so how do you live in Honduras? What do people do for work? How much do you get paid? Do you have car insurance and weird stuff like that? And I thought, I'm just trying to be, you know, well-informed, you know, not be the typical American that doesn't know anything, you know, maybe involve me myself in the culture. And I really think it was God Placing slowly, you know, the doubts and the, and the insecurities, bringing them into my heart so that I could ask somebody and then it wouldn't be so weird. But that took a long time. And then and then I still wasn't sure I was still making my plans and I was still, you know, thinking I'm just, you know, trying to make the documentary. I need to learn a little bit more. And I, and I thought that was my excuse. Um, but then one night it just kind of hit me. It felt like a rock in my heart. It just. It felt like, you know, I can't move forward anymore where I'm going. Um, you know, someone, I think it was Katie, said that she heard really good things about me. And I said, well, they're probably all lies because the truth is, I don't know how many good things there really are about me. If there's anything good about me, it's what God has done in my life and what he's brought out. Because at the time when he was calling me, I wasn't good and I certainly wouldn't be able to stand on a stage and, and share with you guys. That's the grace of God because I lived in San Diego and I had my plans and my plans were to try to do good and to try to live church, but only at church and not any other time during the week. It kind of messed up with my plans and, and I was messing up and I was messing up a lot and I had my sin and I, and I carried around like, like bricks all the time. You know, I'd pray and I'd say, God, please don't, please help me. Please don't let me do this. And then five minutes later, I was doing it. And I go, oh, forgive me. And I do it again. And it was chains around my neck that I just couldn't get rid of. And yet God was still calling me. And it was really hard because I was entrenched in that lifestyle. I was entrenched in everything that I had created. And when I felt it, like God was telling me, let's do this, it was more like, it was more like uh, an escape, to tell you the truth. I thought, maybe going to Honduras will save me because I won't have to deal with these problems that I've created. And I don't have to try to climb way out of this hole. You know, I could just go and disappear. And yet, and that's what I tried to do. 
And I realize now that it was God's call in my life. And he did save me. But I still had to climb out of that hole. I still had to allow him to change me. I still had to answer that call. Um, the first point, I guess, the one thing I really want you to take is God's, God's call is not unique. It's a call to anyone and it's a call to everyone. And it's what God wants to do in our lives because he wants to save us and he wants to change us and, and he has big plans for us. I, I talked with, um, with a pastor down there when I was thinking about going down. Genesis 12 was what I read and I read it 50 times and I never read anything else in the Bible except what they did in youth group. Uh, and I thought, why am I so fascinated with this? I don't understand. And I mean, you're listening right now and you're going, well, duh. I mean, Abraham moved and you moved and it didn't make sense to me at the time. And I read it over and over again. And then I met a man that I thought was just a giant, you know, really great, did big things for God. And I asked him what his next step was. What was he going to do? He said, I'm going to move to Colorado and live in my sister's basement. And I thought, that's weird. You've done amazing things. Millions of dollars have gone, gone through his hands for the kingdom of God. And then he's going to live in a basement. And I said, why? And he goes, well, because I keep reading Genesis 12 and I keep thinking about Colorado. And my sister's basement. And that touched me. And I thought, wow, God. Every time I read Genesis 12, I'm thinking of Honduras. Maybe God really is doing something. But then I had to step out. I had to step out. I had to do it. God's call is for everyone. God has a call for everyone. But we need to respond. We need to respond. And I was going to say, when I was talking with the pastor after recently going down and we talked about Genesis, he mentioned to me the few verses before where we were reading if we look at verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 31, it's talking about Abraham's father. It says, Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Aran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai and his son, Abr- his son Abram's wife. And they went out from Ur of the Chaldeans to the land of Canaan. And they came to Aran and they dwelt there. And so the days of Terah were 205 years and Terah died in Aran. It doesn't say it in the text, but the pastor that I was talking with, he likes to think that Terah also had a call from God. Abram's father was probably one of the men that was called. He left her. He was headed toward Canaan, but he stopped halfway. He stopped short, and he spent his days in Aran. And then we get Abraham's story. Abraham was called to leave his father's house, and where was he going? Well, he was going to Canaan, the same destination that his father intended or intentionally had. And so maybe God called him. And I like to think about that. And I asked God about uh, the ministry one time because I said, you know, how is it that out of all the people, all the Americans that have great skills and and are eloquent and probably are already bilingual because I wasn't bilingual at the time. I said, why did you call me? And he said, well, you weren't my first choice. <laughs> he said, I call a lot of people. And I thought about it. My, my father-in-law, or my stepfather, sorry, he's a, he's a mechanic. He's a welder. He speaks English. He's got business background. I mean, he could have run the whole ministry as a one-man show himself. And I said, why didn't God call someone like him? Why, 
Why a photographer who barely got through college and doesn't really know anything? Why me and you asked me to teach English and I don't even remember? And, and he said, well, you're not my first choice, but you're the one that said yes. And he said, I don't need the skills. I don't need the technique. I don't need anything but a willing heart. And he said, there's probably, I don't know, 10 or 20 people before you, but they were all too comfortable. They're all enjoying their lives. They're all uh, satisfied and, and they don't want to rock the boat too much. They don't even want to really get in the boat. And so I, I, I just invited you. You know, and there's a verse in Matthew, and I can't remember where it is, but it says, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men take hold of it. The kingdom is running. God has his plan. God is doing his work. And it's our privilege and it's our invitation if we want to do it with him, be a part. And that was my experience. God invited me. And I'm trying to continue to be obedient because I've seen the result. I've seen the change. More than anything, the change in me. Because God did save me. And the other thing I want to say, this is point two. God's call is not a one-time thing. It is a process. It's a call that requires a yes every day of your life. And that was something that I had to learn the hard way because when I did move down to Honduras, I thought, you know, I was saying, oh, I'm here because God called me and, and I guess I'm a missionary and I volunteered with some teams and stuff. And I was there for about a year and that's what I told God. I'll stay here for a year and see what happens. And in my estimation, not much happened. Actually, a lot happened. In one year, I was able to recreate the beginnings of my life that I had thought I left behind in San Diego. I started making the same four choices. Those chains that I thought I escaped got wrapped around my neck again because I put them there. I was the one that was entrapping myself in sin. I was the one that was weak. And I had answered God's call one time and I thought that that was enough. Like that would do something. And it really wasn't. It was great. And I really needed to be in Honduras. But there was one day in particular that I was on a bus and I was coming from the south of Honduras, going back to the north. And I had just, you know, jumped right into the hole. And God said, you know, Brian, and he did, it was an audible voice. <laughs> it was me thinking, what am I doing here? How did I get this? I'm living the same thing over again. And my thoughts in my head and my heart were, Brian, you know, I love you. I care about you. And I respect you so much. You can do whatever you want. But I want you to know what you're doing is just going to replay the cycle again. You're going to have the same mistakes, maybe even worse, because you've been practicing, practicing them so long in Honduras. You'll go down the same path and your path goes to destruction. But I called you once and you're here. But it's not a one-time call. It's a call for your whole life. And if you'd like to answer it, I can give you a better path. And I was actually really scared because I knew how I ended in San Diego. And I didn't want that to be my testimony in Honduras. And so on that bus that day, I said, okay, well, I don't know what that means, but take me. And I'm not going to do anything unless I can tell it's from you. And I made some promises and I had to get rid of my computer and internet and TV and all sorts of things that were entrapping me. 
And it was hard. But I started reading my Bible for the first time. I started practicing it for the first time. I started trying to obey it for the first time. And before I knew it, I was born. Born again. And I am different and I am changed. But it's all Christ. And that's something that I hope all of us get to the point to. Because it's exciting and it's awesome. And thankfully, God is a God that allows us to change. You know, I run in sometimes because I haven't been here for 10 years. I run into people and, it, and it's, they don't allow me to change. To them, I'm still Brian from 10 years ago in San Diego. And I go, ah, that's not me anymore. We're hard on change. We don't like change. We want change, but we don't want it in other people. And yet God is gracious to allow us that growth, to give us that forgiveness and that grace over and over and over again. And I really hope that you have that opportunity to be born again. I want to go to Matthew 14 for my last idea about God's calling, what I've learned. So Matthew 14, and it's verse uh, 27. It's right in the middle of a, a story that I think most of us know about Jesus walking on the water. He, he asked the disciples to get in the boat and cross to the other side uh, while he dismissed the crowds after feeding the 5,000. And then he went up to the mountain and prayed. And in the middle of the night, they're still in the middle of the lake. They're still rowing. And so Christ walks out to them on the water. And verse 27 says, Immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And that's profound and impactful. I think that that demonstrates how the call of God works in our life. Because God is not, God is not a tyrant. He's the king, but he doesn't exercise his authority over us. There's actually a big difference between God's authority and, and the authority that, that Satan has. God has supreme authority. He is the maximum. And yet he gives us authority. And he says, your authority is over my authority. I won't do anything unless you invite me to. He says, you call me and I call you and we do it together. And that's way different than what Satan wants to do with us because Satan actually tricks us. He gets us to obey him forcefully. He tempts us, he entices us, and before we know it, we give in to him and we've given our authority over to him. And he ends up controlling us. He helps put those chains around us. And he does it when we least expect it and then when we finally realize how deep we're in, we almost can't get out. And that's why Christ came and says, I want to free you from that. I've come to set free those who are in bondage. And his first ministry is the ministry of the heart, healing us of that. And it's because God's calling is completely different. His calling is not a calling so that we have, he has thousands of servants. He already has those. <laughs> he has them not through force. He has it through love. He loves us so much and his calling is a call not to be served, as it says in John, John 15, 14. 
He says, you're not my servants. What I'm really calling you to is friendship. He says, you're my friends because we're about the business together. And I love this story about Peter in the boat because that's exactly how it is. God invites us to interact with our calling. God invites us uh, to have this friendship with him. The mission is building the kingdom. The mission is sharing the gospel. The mission is making disciples. But we get our input too. God is fascinated with the desires that he's given us. He's fascinated with our creativity, with our way to think, the way that we communicate, uh, our likes and dislikes. And we're allowed to interact with him. We're allowed to share those things. Jesus didn't walk on water and be like, okay, now I need you to walk on the water, Peter. Right now, jump out. No. It was birthed in Peter. Peter wanted to walk on water. And he knew the power of God's call. He knew if God calls me, if this is something that I can get him to call me to, I'm going to do it. And he said, God, will you call me? Will you invite me to walk on water? Absolutely. Come on. Let's do this thing. And they walked on water together. I don't know what your desire is. I don't know what passion burns in your heart, but that is important to God. And it's probably important to your calling. And God's going to call you into those things. Even if you think it's something impossible or you think it's something bigger than yourself, God is calling you to it because he's the God of the impossible. And his calling trumps over everything. When I was in that period of time where I was reading Genesis 12 50 times a week, trying to figure out if God was really doing something or not with me. I was packing my apartment at the time and I was giving away furniture and all sorts of things, trying to figure out how you move to another country. And I pulled this, this stuff out of, my, out of my closet and an old journal fell out. And I thought, wow, I haven't seen this journal in forever. And I really hadn't because I lost it. There was only one prayer in the journal. And I had probably prayed it five years before I decided to move to Honduras and I opened it up and I read it because I thought, well, what's inside here? And the prayer said, God, I don't know how, but I really would love if you would call me to another country to learn another culture, to learn another language, to live differently. And it hit me so hard. I thought this whole time that God was calling me and really he was just answering me. It was my heart's prayer five years before, and I forgot. God did not forget. And he made it. And it was probably my desire because he wanted me to pray for it, because he knew what calling he was going to have. And he knew what adventures we would make. So I hope that when you get a chance to talk with God, you get to share your desires and your hearts because they're important to him. And his calling is for everybody. And his calling is... In love, he will never, ever, ever try to force you to do something. He will be patient your whole life, but I hope you don't wait that long. Because there's great things that happen when we say yes. You know, on this mission team that's going to Mexico, I kind of feel like that's like getting in the boat, right? Jesus sent them in the boat. He said, get in the boat and go that way. And here he is telling 58 people from this church can you get in the in the boat in mexico can you go 
You're going to have to row. It's going to get a little rough, maybe. There's all sorts of things. But you know what? It's great when you're in the boat because when you look out, you can see Jesus. And he's right there. He's right there. So I hope and pray that if that's your passion, if you feel your heart stir and you say, I want that calling, I want to hear from God, answer it. Try to be obedient, whether even if you're not sure. You'll know in time if it's God or not. But I just want to invite, because God, God is a God of friendship. He's a God of love. And if, and if you don't know that, if you, don't, uh, if you haven't experienced that, it starts with just an invitation to Him. God, can you call me? God, can you come live in my life? And we accept the invitation that He's already given to us to forgive us, to be gracious to us, I see that there's altars here, and I'd love to pray with anybody if you'd like to pray. I'm sure Barry would pray with anybody as well. But the time is open, and I just would encourage you to give, give the time to God. Give the time to the Holy Spirit. If he's touching you and you really feel like you want to respond right now and you can't wait till you're in Mexico or until you're at home, this is a great place. This is his house. You know, and there's no better place to meet God than here. So we could stand, we can pray. But I do encourage you to come forward if you'd like to have time with Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you that there is power in your word. Thank you that there is power in your call. Father, and that your call is for all of us. That you're calling us from death into life. You're calling us from darkness into light, God. And it's not blindly led. You've made your promises. You've presented who you are. Father, if we answer your call, we will be blessed. If we answer your call, we will flourish. Father, I thank you for great men like Abram. who answered your call, who wrestled with what it meant to follow you, that committed to the process, God, of growing in you. Lord, I pray for the people that you're calling in this church right now. Father, those whose hearts are beating faster than normal right now, Their spirit is longing for something more. Their spirit is, is begging for something more, God. They feel eternity. They feel that your plan is greater. God, I, I pray for, for clarity. I pray for uh, that their thoughts be your thoughts in this moment, God. That it would be placed on the heart what you are calling them into. Father, even if they're scared, even if they have nerves and they're shaking, Father, that they would be bold, that they would be forceful to grab your kingdom, to allow heaven to be placed on earth in their lives, God. I thank you for this time. Father, thank you for Mexico. Thank you for Honduras. Thank you for Africa. Thank you, Lord, that everywhere we go, your kingdom is being built. We love you and we praise you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for this time.
Amen.